who started uh, the business in uh, 1995 and um, it, you know we it was perfect uh, and I, I wasn't used to to failure of things not working out well and then in 2008 when my daughter was born uh, we also had that big economic crisis you know Lehman brother crashed and um, it was it was doomsday here and that was a new experience to to see failure to see uh, that you're not successful and that there's things um, you obviously I'm not able to influence uh, you have a special needs child and in my case my daughter has a worldwide chromosome disorder as we found out later and then they say she's never going to be able to sit and I was used to be able to change things with willpower and with hard work and then somebody says it's it's never never possible I, I was I had a situation once with a doctor about some medical stuff and he said I said okay if, if, if that happened that would be like hitting the lottery and the doctor said no no you don't understand that hitting the lottery is possible that's never gonna happen I heard this phrase once it says um, in the end it's gonna be okay and if it's not okay it's not the end um, there's a little but not only a little there's there's truth in that um, you know the Sun will come up again and um, if you have trouble um, a mistake you should not do is to run away. You shouldn't turn away. If, if life hits you in the face, okay, you have to you have to go on. You have to go through. You have to push through, but don't don't go back because um, then you're at the same spot where you started. So you have a tough situation. Go on. Do whatever is necessary, um, and keep the faith. Welcome back everyone to another edition of American Real. My name is Roger Brooks and today my very special guest is Hendrik Haberman. Hendrik, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Hello. And thanks. I know we connected uh, some time ago through a mutual friend online and um, it's, it's, it's wonderful to sit down and, and talk to you today. Tell everyone where you're located. Uh, I'm in Germany uh, between Cologne and Dusseldorf, so in the western part of Germany. 
I was born uh, just uh, a few miles from here and uh, grew up here, spent uh, one year in America as a foreign exchange student, by the way, but uh, pretty much I've lived all my life here in Germany. Fantastic. What was your impression uh, of America and, your, and how was your experience there? It was great. I think everybody who, who got to the state, especially in the 90s, loved it and didn't want to go back. So, so didn't I, didn't want to go back. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, uh, made an and the interesting thing is, you know, when you live with a family for one year, you really look into the culture and you feel part of the family and part of the society and part of the community in school, etc. It was awesome. And I think it, it has left a very, very great impression on me. Where, where exactly were you located? Um, Girard, Pennsylvania. That's in Erie County, so on Lake Erie. Okay, and sure. And the northern part of Pennsylvania. And actually, it's not too far from where I am. I'm I'm in upstate New York, so... It's just about three hours to, to the west. Yeah, so, so there's Erie and then Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, and in between there, <laughs> that right. was I. So you had some, you had some cold, uh, cold weather, I assume. Cold winters, yes. Cold winters. Yes, yeah. Well, great. And um, I'd love to jump right into this and talk about your work, Hendrik. Um, can you tell us, you, 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 you talk about on your website being a Sherpa. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? What does that mean? Um, you know, I, I think coach comes to mind, but I believe you have a different definition. What yeah, is it? Gener- generally speaking, Shepa are those, you know, the guys that uh, bring up um, your baggage on a hill in the Himalaya. Really, this is, it's, it's, it's people, you know, and they, they help you to, to bring up uh, the stuff if you want to climb the Mount Everest. And I consider myself a Shepa in a metaphorical sense um, that I say, uh, I, I don't, I'm not a trainer because I don't teach you certain skills. I, I'm, I'm not a coach who leads you by questions to find the answer. I, I work with people in a very specific field. And um, what I say is that, um, first of all, I, I know the countryside, okay? So I know uh, where you are um, and um, for, for my uh, expertise, for my special case. And I know the way out. That's the second thing. And the third thing is that I take part of your baggage. Um, and the, the story behind this is that um, I have a severely handicapped daughter or, or daughter with severely handicaps. And then uh, my company was almost bankrupt. And then my wife and I decided to have one more child, but it turned out to be triplets. So if you deal with uh, massive excessive demands um, and with a lot of things going on with your kids, with your family, your whole life changing, then I say, I think I can help you. And as I said, I don't lead by questions. I can tell you where to go, what to do, at least give you the option and say, this is what usually helps. So this is what's going to happen in your relationship. This is what's going to happen in your, in your business when, if you're an entrepreneur. And that's why I think Sherpa is a better expression than a coach or a trainer or whatever. I love it. And I, I love the fact that you say, I, I help handle some of your baggage. Wow, that's that's pretty powerful. It's actually emotional if you think about it, because for for most of us, when we're going through, uh, say, a transformation or trying to make change in our life, there's always that fear factor in the back of our mind that can we get past it? Can we get past that old baggage? Can we get through the fear? And it sounds just that, you know, that short intro that you gave gives me a good feeling that you're able to help people by carrying some of that baggage. Right. It's, I'm, I'm standing by their side. And if you, for example, take a look at the business um, side that if you're an entrepreneur and um, you're about um, 
to find out that your child has a severely handicap and uh, you know it's going to going to change your whole life and it's going to change you as a person and probably you will if you go to a lot of therapies and you try to find solutions for what is going on you will work much less so there's things going to going to be changing in your company and um, maybe you say i don't have time for that or i don't know what to do i don't know how to you know handle all this and then i'm there at the people's side and say okay i'm here we can we can do it together or if you take a look at the child side and say okay we need to go to special therapists we need to go to doctors but i i have no idea where to turn to okay there, there's no there's not one place that covers everything considering a special needs child so you have to find out um, by yourself what does the state do or what does the insurance do or where there's help where there's volunteers that that can help you and if you have somebody with experience, you know, that, that shortens the way that um, they, they can give you good advice, they can give you quick advice, um, and you don't have to find out for yourself. And this is what I mean by I carry baggage, okay? So I'm there, I support, but I'm actually helping and working uh, if it's necessary. What's the difference between that philosophy and the philosophy of a typical coach, would you say? From what I think is that a coach um, tries to ask questions for you to understand. And you say, oh, okay, I get it. So this is what I'm going to do now. Um, I sometimes say we don't have time for that. Okay, I don't ask questions. Say, what do you think could be the right uh, move now? Or what do you think could be next um, in, in the situation we are in, especially when it comes to the therapies or when it comes to uh, trouble in business? Um, you know, we don't play uh, the, the questioning game. I say, okay, it's from, from my experience, this is happening and this is what you should do or this is what you need to take care of. So I still give options, but I pretty, pretty um, clearly point out what I think is right and I explain it, uh, why this is right. So you can always have a different decision, but, um, you know, we, we, we want to make it quick. The, the goal is uh, for me to say that um, if you have a stroke of fate, I say I can bring you back on track in three months. Okay, so I can bring you back to high performance. And in three months, we can pretty much set up the circumstances so that you can bring performance. Okay, um, that doesn't mean that the personal development uh, is you know finished because that goes on all the time. Um, but um, we want to get you out of the sadness. I want to bring the people back to productivity. So um, it's a lot about time. It's about getting results and get them as quick as possible. So Hendrik, how do you, how do you connect with clients? How are you finding them? Uh, people that are in this situation, people that are entrepreneurs. I mean, a lot of things have to come together for someone, I would think, to be able to be in need of your, of your expertise. Yeah, well, actually, the people find me. And the target group is very small, right? Um, and this is what I do uh, as a Sherpa. This is um, not what I do every day. Every day I'm an entrepreneur myself. I have about uh, 25 employees in my company um, and we do means of advertising and, and merchandise uh, promotional items. So um, if somebody needs me, um, he, the people know me a little bit, maybe about social media, about Facebook. Um, and they, they have seen me on stage maybe, or have written something about me, or they, they hear in their network about me and then they contact me. But, um, the, the idea is that I go out and talk on stages about 
my personal development, how my daughter has changed me, uh, how the triplets have changed me, how my experience in business has changed me. Um, and then somebody says, oh, you know, this is interesting. I could, I could need a Sherpa maybe in, in that or that situation. And then people contact me. That's fascinating. And I would imagine that your clients could be all over the world. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it's possible. Of course, I'm, I'm more known in Germany as I'm German, uh, but I have an English website and what I post on Facebook is English and German. So you can, either one can find me. But the idea is that if, if somebody needs my help, um, I say, okay, we can have an appointment within 84 hours in Europe. Okay, no matter where they are, uh, we can sit uh, together and see if I can be of any help. Uh, but it's pretty, it's possible worldwide, yes. But it, it, nothing, usually it doesn't happen worldwide, but it will be possible. Sure, sure. No, it's incredible. And uh, what I'd love to know is if you could take us back to before your daughter was born. Um, were you a different person at that point? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm raised in a, in a pretty good um, um, house, you know. So my parents had enough money to, to buy the things we, we wanted to have. I'm, I'm fairly talented in different things. I wanted to go to the States. Um, before that, I had a student exchange with Ireland. I wanted to do it. My parents said, of course, uh, we support you. I did that in ninth grade, I think, and 10th grade. Then 11th grade, I wanted to go to the States. Um, I, I was supported, no question about that. And um, I came back. My English is, is fair enough. Um, I had good grades. I went to college, served an apprenticeship. Um, there, there's like a, a combination um, uh, in that education that was new in Germany back then. And there was only a few seats. I got one of them, got promoted a lot. And everything always went well. And I founded my first company when I was uh, still in school. I did that with my brother. We, we just wanted to make some money besides school, but it grew more and more. And then we had a business all of a sudden and we owned machines and we got people and everything went up. Um, everything was always successful. We started uh, the business in uh, 1995 and um, it, you know, we, we it was perfect. Uh, and I, I wasn't used to, to failure of things not working out well. And then in 2008, when my daughter was born, uh, we also had that big economy crisis. You know, Lehman Brother crashed, and um, it was it was doomsday here. I mean, I, I didn't get any order for my regular business, and then I had you know the things going on with my daughter, and that was a new experience to to see failure, to see uh, that you're not successful, and that there's things um, you obviously are not able to influence. Uh, you have a special needs child. And in my case, my daughter has a worldwide chromosome disorder, as we found out later. And then they say she's never going to be able to sit. And I was used to be able to change things with willpower and with hard work. And then somebody says it's, it's never, never possible. I, I, was, I had a situation once with a doctor about some medical stuff. And he said, I said, okay, if, if, if that, happened that would be like hitting the lottery and the doctor said no no you don't understand that hitting the lottery is possible that's never going to happen and um that um that is different you know when you're used to making good money being successful things go the way you want them to and then you experience life hits you and um yeah you get uh modest in a lot of things um 
and and that is tough that is tough that you learn the other side of life and you have to learn um you know to accept that and to say okay this is what it is now all right um and it's going to be okay and i remember that one day i woke up my daughter was a few months old and we had in, in 2009 we had um you know bad news all the time um she's blind she has a chromosome disorder she will not do that she will not do that this is never be possible and she's epileptic and all that stuff and i woke up one day and i said okay what are you going to do now wake up every day and say life is shitty i'm not going to do that so it there must be a different way okay so i have to change my perspective um i have to work on that um where can i find joy um what what can i be thankful for what is there uh, what what is good so um and that's a lot of um deep work you have to do but that definitely changed you and um makes you a totally different person like before that life was a lot about winning to me and winning was competing so i, I always wanted to be better wanted to be better than somebody else and we played football football uh, soccer as we we played soccer i always wanted to win we played tennis i wanted to win Okay, took a look at my grades and thought, okay, what do the other people have and where am I? Am, I, am I above average or not? And being the best and being above average, that was, that was winning to me. And then um, you have a child and you realize she will never win in, in a sense of competing. She will never be the best. She'll never run the fastest or make the nicest uh, painting or whatever. And I had that situation once when uh, they said she's maybe not ever even be able to sit. And we had this walking trainer and we wanted her to walk. So put her in there and, you know, it's like a kind of like a wheelchair, but you, you stand in there and you need to walk. And she hated that. So she hit us. She spit on us. She screamed. She never did it. And eventually, after a few months uh, she, she got liking it and she started to walk with that walker. And I had, I was once in, in, in the hall of my house and I heard my daughter uh, walking and then she came, she came through the door, but she wasn't using the walker and she was coming to me and she said, um, like, go, go, go. Because I always said when, when I wanted her to walk and walk, I always said, go, go, go. And she said, go, go, go. And she came to me and I thought, okay, cool. She's going to give me a hug, but she passed by and she went to the bathroom she went to the bathroom and started playing with the water. And I thought, what a champion, you know, she's, she's walking. And then I realized, you know, it's, it's not about competing. If you, if you compete with a person, it's yourself two weeks ago. Okay, so it's your life, it's, it's your talents, it's your limits, and it's about pushing those limits. It's about fighting every day, but that has nothing to do with all the other people. So uh, the house of your neighbor is bigger. It's not important, okay? He has different talents. He has a different background. He has different stuff given uh, in his genes, in his what his parents gave him, whatever. So uh, somebody who, who has nothing and then uh, makes a little a small fortune, has worked much harder and is much more successful than somebody that had a fortune and made billions out of it, you know, because that's easy compared to, you know, having nothing or, I don't know, being beaten up as a kid and having a horrible uh, childhood with alcoholics or having no education, couldn't be able to walk to school, didn't have food, didn't have no food. So this is uh, how 
my perspective on winning totally changed. It's not about competing. And I catch myself still doing that and um, looking at other people, but more and more I say, what can I learn? What can I extract? What is good for me? But I don't feel bad if somebody is more successful. Um, I feel bad if I say oh, you should, you know, should be able to do that too. But it's everybody should should have this, and I never want to take it away from the people. But you know that that's a different uh, view now on winning and on on success. That's one story that pretty much changed my perspective. Wow, Hendrik, that's uh, that's really really powerful. And um, you know, as you're talking, I'm just trying to put myself in your place during that time. And, and, and I could only imagine how, how challenging, but you said one word in there that I was thinking as you said it, and that is acceptance. You came to acceptance, right? That, okay, I could either go one way and be miserable every day, or I could go another way and try to, to, to grow and, and help my daughter and my family um, through this process. And it sounds to me like that day, whenever that day was, is the day that that everything changed right is that is that right uh, yes kind of it changed because you started the, the the very important thing is that you realize you have a choice you know you if something miserable happens you can say okay how, how should i feel any different okay because it, it's so bad and one time you say okay there there's people that have um a tough life um but they have, they're in a good mood, they're happy. Or you say, um, okay, I could feel miserable, but I have you know a house, I have something to eat. I live in a pretty secure country and I have Wi-Fi. So that <laughs> distinguishes me from 95% of all human population. So why should I feel miserable? Okay, okay, my daughter has a handicap, but I have food. I don't have to worry about what to eat tomorrow. So I should be thankful. And at first it's a rational thing, but you realize that you have a choice. And I didn't say that it's easy, a very important thing. I don't say that this, this doing this and going that way is easy, but it's possible. And you have to go day by day. And you also fight day by day. And I have to fight my demons and I have to fight my sadness sometimes and my frustration about so many things. But I, I, I learned that it's, it's my fight. It's nothing to do with the outside world or with the facts. It's about my interpretations, interpretations of the facts. So one can say that saying that or understanding that I don't want to wake up in the morning feeling miserable because of, I could also be thankful because of. It's my choice. And then I started to, to go ahead, okay, and to progress a little bit. But again, I don't say that you say, oh, I, I, I make a decision, now everything is bright. That didn't work for me, and it still doesn't. And how are things today? Um, with my daughter, things are good. Um, she's not hitting puberty now so um it's it's tough if you have kids in puberty and then with the special needs it's even harder i suppose uh but with with just talking about her there's full acceptance i i don't i don't wish her any different or i feel sorry sorry because she's the way she is that's her 
that's her personality and that is totally okay and i also sometimes i say that she's the biggest teacher of the, the greatest teacher i have because she uh she teaches me to be patient and to um to accept that things are the way somebody else wants them and not i want them to be um and it's 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 good um I mean, of course, there's, as I said, there's things in life that, okay, could be better and that I have to fight. And I, but I, I, I fight myself, okay? I have to fight my demons and not somebody else's. And it's not that I'm happy every day, but um, when, I, when I get some distance and I take a look at it, I, I realize it could be worse. And that's my, that's my ambition, for example, that's, uh, that's in my way. It's my ego that's in my way. Um, and nothing else. So it's me. So how does this experience with your daughter and now uh, you say she's entering puberty. So it's been, I, I would assume she's, she's what? 12, 13. Yeah. She, she turns 11. Oh, 11. Okay, great. Um, how has this impacted your business? The entrepreneur, uh, you working with your employees, um, growing the business itself and, and sustaining that. What impact has it had on, on your business? One thing that changed me is that when my daughter was, uh, was younger and we found out that she has a chromosome disorder, I asked a lot about why. I said, why is that? Why is that? And I wanted to know the reasons. And I totally stopped this. So I'm very, very much more focused on results and on the what for question than on the why question. So I think I have a lot more focus a lot more clarity in what I do and what I want. At the same time, I realized that I suppose it's much harder for my people um, because I expect, as I said, results. I expect them to think in what is this good for and not why do we do it? So what is um, the impact we have and not uh, what is the input? Um, but the, the why question, I, I wasted a lot of time in, in finding out why things are the way they are. But I understood that, um, that I, I get knowledge, but I don't get results. Okay, so if I, if I know, for example, why my daughter has a worldwide chromosome disorder, then I'm smarter, but it doesn't help my daughter. Uh, therapies help my daughter. Uh, trying to find out what is good for her helps my daughter. So um, I'm much more careful about where I spent energy because in the end, it's all about energy. Um, time is energy, money is energy, whatever, everything is energy. And energy is the common thing in all science and in all we do and all we have. So, um, yeah, I'm more focused, more sharp, more clarity, but I think not as easy to get along to. I, I, don't, I don't compromise that much, for example. Um, it's no, no, no. It's, I, I know much more what I want, and I'm, I'm very clear in, in what I say. My, my language is very on the point now. So I, I like to argue, and I tell people and new employees, I say I like to argue. Okay, and your job as an employee is not to make me feel good. Okay, you are here to get results. If I don't like it, that's my problem, not yours. Okay, if you criticize me for what I do, explain the reason and give me. Um, something to learn about it. What can we do better? It's fine. If you have the impression I don't like it, get my problem. Okay, don't don't care about that. So that's like that. But that, that's tough for some people. 
Yeah, I was going to say, is, is your philosophy your way or the highway? Or are you willing to take input from an employee? And if, they, if they're giving you an argument that makes sense, are you going to say, okay? Actually, I, I expect that. I expect them to come to me, for example, and say, okay, you, you made a decision, but this decision is bad. And then I say, that's interesting. Why? Why is that? Um, so the why is not the reason, but to understand what should we do? What's better? And um, what's the motivation to do that? And then they say that, then that. So, okay, um, you're right. You're right. Uh, I feel bad because I wasted three years of doing it the wrong way. But thank you. Okay, we have progress. What I don't like, though, is if somebody says, um, you know, that's, that's wrong. And you say, hmm, I don't see why. Uh, could you explain and give you more information? And then somebody says, well, just thought. Right. Again, that is, that is a waste. I don't like that. You should have good reasons for what. Bring a solution, bring a solution to the table. Right, and, and make it better. And always say, what for? Okay, so what's the purpose? Why, why you say that? Um, do we get a better company? Do we serve the clients better? Is it, bad for the, uh, is it better for the employees? Okay, what do we gain? What's the impact? And then uh, it doesn't matter who says it, if it's an apprentice or if it's uh, my brother who's uh, leading the company with me, it doesn't matter who says it. It's just uh, just the argument counts. That's awesome. Can you walk us through a typical project or just give us an idea of what, what your company is working on day to day? Well, the company is, as I said, a promotional business. So we do um, pens and umbrellas and USB sticks with a logo and we do engraving. Uh, most of what we do is textiles. So we do embroidery and uh, um, sublimation, uh, that's heat transfer printing or flock flex printing. That's pr pretty much as we bring logos on T-shirts, polos, uh, soft shell jackets. Um, that's um, most of what we do. And we most of the businesses, OEM or individual business or companies come to us and say, okay, I need jackets with my logo. Um, then we also have uh, some, some of our own items we sell on eBay or Amazon. And then we have another company that just makes bags. There's, uh, we do high quality bags uh, with um, made from PP woven, PP non woven. That's like permanent plastic bags. You can reuse them. It's eco friendly, uh, or uh, high quality paper bags. So with a with a cotton or PP cord and with not knotted. Um, that's what we do. So not the not the easy bags, not the plastic bag with a die cut handle. That's what we not do. We do all the. Um, the, the fancy stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all handmade, actually. So you glue or you sew by hand. This is what we do. And you mentioned early on that you have machines. Do you do a lot of this work in-house? Yeah, well, the, the finishing, or the, the, we, we call it like the logo we do. We do engraving, we do um, digital printing, we do embroidery, and we do the flock and flex printing. This is what we do in-house. Most of the articles are, it's a standard article. For example, if you want to polo shirt or a shirt um this shirt is in stock we take it and we put the logo on so we don't make the shirt that only makes sense if you have high quantity um otherwise it's cheaper to take a regular product uh, off the shelf um and then this finishing or putting the logo on this is what we do in house yeah fascinating no I, it's, it's a wonderful business and i actually have friends in the business uh, i actually was in the t-shirt business early on oh, okay I know all the work that goes into it. And it's, it's a fun process to watch that come to life. And especially to see a happy client on the other end when they get their product, um, you know, in hand. That's a, it's, right. it's a 
beautiful feeling. Right. And it's it's a lot. I I I found out there's like a a common story to what I do as a Sherpa. Pretty much, I want to help people to progress, uh, to express themselves, to be able to live their life. You know, to to work on what's important to them and get get stuff out of the way. And pretty much this is what I do with our companies too. So we make um, promotional items or merchandise items for companies. And this is also to express themselves and say, this is who we are. These are values we want to communicate. Okay, this is something we we can bring out. So this is, as I found out, like a common line, common thing in both of what I do. Great. And in addition to all this, you also have your own podcast. Yes, I have my own podcast. It's called The Super Dad Entrepreneur. Actually, it's... Um, Somebody asked me once, they said, why, why do you want to be a Sherpa? Because you have to handle with, you know, sad and tough things all the time. And I said, this is why I do it. Um, because 10 years ago, when I was in that situation, I wished there was somebody who could help me and guide me and give me advice on what to do. Because I felt pretty alone. Um, Nobody could help me in the business. If I if I'd asked a psychologist, he would say I have no clue about the business side, right? If I would ask um, like a consultant, he says I have no idea what's going on at home, uh, what's going on in your relationship. They come to your office and they don't realize you haven't slept, especially with the triplets. I mean, I I slept one and a half hours, two hours a night for several months, and um, they don't understand how you feel if if you get all those diagnoses. Um, so I said, okay, for that very, very, very little, little, small target group, I think I can be the one. And then I said, there's, there's plenty of stuff to talk about, um, about business side, about uh, therapies, about, um, you know, talking about experience with other parents about their experience. So I made it a podcast and I said, um, this is what we talk about. Everything that I wanted to know 10 years ago, I still want to know, I mean, I'm still learning, of course. I have a guest uh, and talk on the podcast. There are solo episodes too, but most of them it's, it's an interview. Um, and I cover things that you uh, might be interested if you have a child with severely handicaps, have a business, have gone through tough times and then get triplets. And if it's only twins or whatever, it's also interesting to you. <laughs> Quadruplets maybe, I don't know, whatever sure. it is. No, our, our producer, Michael Leonard, uh, has triplets. Okay. So oh, I hear the stories um, and you talk about the lack of sleep and, and he talks about the same things uh, in the early days uh, when, they were, when they were babies. And um, it's actually and what a gift to have triplets. It's, and it's really tough. The, the interesting thing is the two things. First of all, that there's always some people that say, oh, if you got one child or two or three, it doesn't really make a matter. Well, I don't think so. Okay. It's if I have four kids and if one of the triplets is, is not at home, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Um, and secondly, now that um, when, when people uh, hear me or get to know me or even relatives or uh, acquaintances, they, they always say, oh, that it's a lot of work with the triplets. They always like <laughs> neglect uh, my first daughter as if that, that, that was a huge baby, uh, but um, it's it's more as I said. She's she's in puberty. It's, it's more. Uh, it, it's a woman, okay. And that, of course, um, I mean, she's 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 tall and she has power. She's strong, okay. She can takes. I mean, she can pull things and she has, uh, or she can throw stuff off the table and all that. Uh, it's whatever she touches, she throws away. And um, 
it's like we have to prepare the, the house for, for everything that could possibly happen. Uh, and yet it's a lot of work. So always be kind of, I, I admire people that, uh, you know, uh, challenge that and obviously challenge that um, in, in a very good and happy way um, because there, there's tough times. And it's, even though other people sometimes say to us, I, it's, it's great how you get this all done so good. We say, no, we don't. We don't get it done very well. It's, it's, uh, that's maybe the surface. But, uh, no, no, there's, uh, it's, it. it's work. Yeah, a lot of work. So, wow, what, you have an amazing story. Um, you know, our show is about uh, self-empowerment, self-improvement, giving people stories of others so they could help themselves. Um, what advice do you have to people for people that um, may be going through a situation, whether it is a, a child with special needs or any obstacle in their life right now? Um, is it ever too late? No, no, uh, it's definitely uh, never too late. And uh, one advice I would I would like to give those people is um, carry on. Um, so what I learned is I, I know that when when we started the tough times uh, in 2008, somebody said, you know, it's 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 it's, it's going to go on somehow. And I thought this is just like a stupid phrase, uh, and it really didn't help me. But when I was older, I understood that that somehow isn't meant to be in a in a, in a, in a it's something you can rely on. Um, it, it it's going to be it's going to go on and. Um, what what is your job you have to carry on and you have to keep the faith and it's going to be all right and now i say that totally convinced that things are really going to be okay um i heard this phrase once it says um in the end it's going to be okay and if it's not okay it's not the end um there's a little well, not only a little there's there's truth in that um you know the sun will come up again and um if you have trouble, um, a mistake you should not do is to run away. You shouldn't turn away. If, if life hits you in the face, okay, you have to you have to go on. You have to progress, and you have to um, cover up as much as you can. But you have to walk. If something bad happens, you can. This is generally if something bad happens and you turn away, then you go into something you don't like. Like so many people talk about the comfort zone, but we, we can take that. If you leave your comfort zone and something bad happens, then you say, no, I don't like it. And you go back. Then you will never progress. Okay. And you will always go back and, and you will never experience something new. If something happens that you don't like, you have to go through, you have to push through, but don't, don't go back because um, then you're at the same spot where you started. So you have a tough situation, go on, do whatever is necessary. Um, and keep the faith and this is it's so important to um to believe in yourself and and to believe that um i don't know when you will be okay uh, and it might take time and I, I don't say it's easy uh but in the end it has always been okay and because i experienced that um it became part of me to say okay sometimes you need to wait this this one advice that i got um when i had the trouble was somebody said life is about two things the first thing is to cherish the good times and the second is to survive the bad times okay that means you have to bear 
the bad times. And then there's going to be good times. And yen, you know, celebrate the good times. But the bad times go on. There's going to be good times. Oh, I love that. Hendrik, how important is gratitude? You, you referenced gratitude earlier. Um, and as you're talking here, you, you, know, you, you keep going back to the positive uh, side of things, which is wonderful. Um, again, easier said than done, uh, especially when you're in a situation that's, that's new or difficult or, or challenging. Um, but you're very optimistic. And um, how important is that optimism? How important is that daily gratitude to remind yourself that, oh, I do have a roof over my head. I do have food on the table. You cannot overestimate it. Um, it's, it's really, really important to um, also teach yourself that it could be worse, at least in my in my situation, that there's people who, if they change with you, it would be their biggest dream, you know, to live a life that you live, um, no matter what, what you have to deal with. But um, somebody's nightmare is your biggest dream, right? Um, and gratitude is, is, is a very important practice. So, um, again, it's when you feel bad, you don't want to feel gratitude, right? It's not that you say, oh, I, I'm doing my gratitude practice and I feel okay. Um, it's easier if you practice gratitude when you're in a good mood, obviously. Uh, but it's like a muscle. It builds up. And um, as I said, you cannot overestimate it. It's, it's, it's a perspective. You know, that's what I said before. Being thankful for what you have um, and saying, okay, I could... My life could be a curse, but it could, give, could be a blessing too. It's uh, maybe a choice or maybe it's just a little bit of understanding. Maybe a phrase you write, you, you, you read somewhere, maybe a sentence somebody says to you. Um, and if you can accept that, you can look for that. Uh, you can start looking for the good and uh, for the optimistic. Um, and um, it's, if, if you spend your energy on the bad, the, uh, the bad will grow, the muscle will grow. And if you spend it on the good, on the optimistic stuff you have, on the gratitude that will grow, it takes time, yes. It takes energy, yes. But do it for four, four weeks and your life will, will be changed. And you're a living example of that. I'm working, actually. I'm practicing. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, I, I, I say it again. It's, it's not that everything is great and that not everything is easy. Uh, and I have tough times and I feel tough and I feel frustrated because things don't work out. But yet, what do you want to do? Um, what, what do you choose? Do I choose to be optimistic? Yes. Am I optimistic? No. So I have to work on that. Okay. So um, I go into gratitude practice or I go into meditation and say, okay, I need to reset myself. The really important thing is um, hopefully to, to have th something that lasts um, and say, okay, maybe I can, can touch other people. I can support other people and help other people with my message because um, I believe that this could be a contribution to make this place a better world. That sounds a little corny, but um, um, yes, I really want to make a difference. And um, it's, it's not about having a good life on my own. Um, if, if you have kids or... or um, if you are somewhere in a community, um, you, you realize that uh, if you feel good, but all the others feel bad, 
you know, you, 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 you stop feeling good. And I think, um, Robert Kennedy said, um, don't ask what, um, uh, America can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And I never really understood, uh, what that meant. And then I thought, oh, I understand what that means because the, the core question is the same. How can I live, a, live a good life? And what he says is that if you want, you know, uh, that everybody supports you, um, it doesn't work because you are part of everyone. You're part of the community. You're part of the people. So if the community is better, then automatically you are better. You live a better life. Okay. Then, uh, you have a profit, you gain. And, and so pretty much is the, the basic idea is that you say, okay, you give and then you take. So I, I believe life is a lot. It's, it's about giving and taking, but it's much more about giving. Living is giving. So that's, that's the starting point. Um, and, um, my, my, my spiritual belief, if you want to put it that way, is to that I, if I, if I give and if I give good and if I give, give enough, um, my life will be better. So I do it for because <laughs> very selfish reasons, but, um, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's good for everybody. So, um, bring out my message, try to I reach people with my podcast. I try to reach people with what I tell on stage maybe and say, uh, hopefully there's somebody who says, okay, that that's a good point. That makes a difference. Okay. And makes me more optimistic and gives me some power, uh, and empowers me in, in, in what I do. And I feel better now. And, uh, there's some learning. Yeah. That's, that's what's really important. And you seem really comfortable in your own skin. Uh, and I, and, and I'm sure it's, it's taken years, if not decades for you to get to, to a place mentally where you are today. Um, again, a little bit of advice. We have a lot of young listeners for those young kids in their twenties, early thirties who aren't quite there yet feeling good about themselves. What advice do you have? Accept the battle, uh, the battle in you. Um, it's all right. Um, you don't have to, I tell people, um, Sometimes I say it's okay if you got triplets. It's okay to say that you didn't want that. It, it doesn't mean that you don't love your kids. It's okay to say that there's a conflict. Um, accept the conflicts. If you if you don't know what to do, um, you're torn apart. It's all right. It's part of the process, actually. Okay, um, and it takes time. One um, of the best advice I ever received is from my father, who, who's, who's going to turn 87 in, in a couple of months. He said, everybody comes to the one who can wait. Um, and you have to learn what waiting is, but it's a lot about patience. It's a lot about patience and to learning what waiting is. Not Waiting is not doing nothing, but it's being okay and accepting that things take time. And especially now with all the social media, you know, you have ads on Facebook that tell you, oh, come to my course on the weekend. You're going to be the millionaire after that and all that. There's no shortcut. Uh, you cannot, uh, you cannot fake that. Um, you know, you cannot hack quality. You cannot hack personality in a, in a weekend or in a week. It takes time. Okay. And it's rough and it's a battle and it's a right and it's a right. It's all right. And, and the, the, the advice that I never really was good at is to say, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Okay. I, I wasn't good at, at enjoying that or feeling good about it, but I'm, I'm turning 42. I'm actually, I'm 42 already. And I look back sometimes and say, why, 
why were you not able to enjoy that? Why were you so hard on yourself, so hard on other people? Why didn't you just relax a little bit? Okay. Um, so I, it's, it's, I talk to myself and say, you, you have the faith that things going to be turn out. Okay. Turn out. Okay. So why don't you relax? Okay, kid, relax. It's going to be okay. Take it easy. Um, and I know my battles, uh, my fights within it's, Tell people it's not worth it. You know, it's a waste of energy. Okay, be okay. It's this is not a this is not a rehearsal. And then sometime, you know, you start the show. This already is the show. So um, you don't want to look back in, in in sixty years and say, you know, what I should have done that differently. I should have should have that that then that. And the time is now. Okay, and I'm not. I'm still practicing, but maybe young kids take young people take the advice. Okay, be okay with it. And it's, it's also about acceptance as what we talked about before, okay? It doesn't go as quickly as you want it to. Maybe it shouldn't. When I came back from the States, I brought a CD with me. Back then we had CDs and that was from Garth Brooks. And I'm, I was not really huge into country and all that. And, you know, we don't have that country. It's different in Germany. But I bought one Garth Brooks CD and he has a song. It's called Unanswered Prayers. And he said, you know, the song is about that uh, you want something and you don't get it. And later on, you realize that it's good that you didn't get it. Okay. Um, it was better for you. And you never know, maybe if things don't turn out or as quickly as you want them to, or there, there's something in your way, maybe that's for you to grow. And my, my true inner belief is that this is what we're here for. We're here to grow. We're here to progress. This is all. And uh, when we're done, we go and then we come back and we go on, okay, with that. So I think the whole life is about uh, progress and development and becoming a better you. I have this one friend, he says, um, be you, but better. <laughs> so I think that's all right. Yeah, that's what we came here for. And that's what we choose to be. That's what we choose to come here to do that. Incredible. Wow, you're giving so many great tips and words of wisdom. And this is, again, this is what we love to, why we love to have these deep conversations because you're able to express yourself and talk about, you know, the challenges that you've had and overcome to hopefully help others. So thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I do uh, would love to know if people want to know how to get some of this logo wear from you if they're in Germany or, or in Europe or even in the States. What's the best way to reach you and your, and your team? The best way to reach us uh, is uh, probably uh, we have a website. It's uh, pretty easy. It's haberman.info, I-N-F-O. That's our name. Just redoing the website, but it should be up um, just within, within a couple of days. Uh, you can reach us there. Send us an email. Um, you find us on Facebook too. Um, and if you want to get a hold of me, it's hendrikhaberman.com or uh, look me up on Facebook or LinkedIn. Or if you're in Germany, you can look on Xing. It's, it's uh, similar to LinkedIn, uh, more in the European market. Um, if, you, if you Google my name, uh, you'll find me very easily. Great. And uh, Hendrik, it's great to talk to you today. Uh, again, uh, this time it's recorded, so I'm grateful for that. I thank you. Uh, before I let you go, uh, always ask my guests uh, one last question. I'd love to ask you as well. You've hinted toward a few things today, but ultimately at the end of the day, when your work is done, when you reach that age of 87 or beyond, uh, I know your dad's birthday is coming up. So happy birthday to him. Uh, but what do you want your legacy to be? 
I, my legacy, um, maybe, maybe I can answer this way. What, what do I want for myself? I want somehow of, um, a slightly happy coolness, be okayness, be cool with everything. Okay. Not to take it too hard. Um, and I believe behind that is the, the wish maybe that, that life is a game. Okay. So a little, um, playish, um, don't take it too serious and all that. And I want, um, people to maybe work on that attitude. If I could, um, give a little, uh, support on that. Don't take it too hard. It's not too bad. You're going to be okay. And if not, who cares? <laughs> um, then it's going to be okay in a different way. So whatever. Um, if, um, if somebody, you know, if that, that, that could be a cool legacy that, uh, you know, tune people into that state of mind. Fantastic. Hendrik Haberman, thank you so much. Welcome to the American Real Family. Thanks for your time. Roger, thank you very much. Great to be here. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me and podcast your passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you 